Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Check, check, check. One, two. One to the two. One to the two. Two, 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 two. Hey, Scotty. What's up? I'm coming back. Oh, got a toot. Hold on. The audio fun bag is brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics. And now we kick it. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Management decided to give Los and Hoyt a show. And buried in your ear, there's a worm that you can't ignore. They needed a show to eat up some time. Terrestrial radios left behind. Previously on the Audio Fun Bag. Chickens scare the hell out of me. They can't do that much damage to you. Would you rather fight off one bear? A thousand chickens. Do I have a wooden stake or perhaps some fire? You can keep the hundred in front of you. There's 900 now jumping on your back. Never seen 300. Are you about to tell me that you were going to bring the thousand chickens into a small, narrow valley and yeah. they can only fight you from the front? It, it would negate That's their the numbers. the dumbest thing I've ever it heard. It would not only negate their numbers, it would demoralize them. This is the Audio Fun Bag. There you have it. The audio fun bag with Los and Hoyt. And yes, we did have a discussion at one point on the fun bag about could you fight a hundred chickens? Thousand. A thousand chickens. But you started arguing with me about how a hundred would be enough, and I'm like, no, it'd have to be a thousand. To make it fair. They're herd they're herd animals. They will attack you regardless and they'll peck your brains out with their beaks. But they're not smart. So as soon as you start slaughtering them, they're going to realize. Man, this is not a good idea. But in a fight to the death, it's you or the chickens. I'm pretty sure they're going to show up. All I'm saying is that we are promising you with this show, as we will be doing this show from 6 to 8 every single evening as part of the new lineup right here on The Fan. Obviously, when the Braves are on, Braves take precedent. This week, we get a bunch of shows because it's All-Star Week, and then we'll get really our full schedule. The craziness of it doesn't hit until September. Unless the Braves are down, like, 10-1 10-1 in the third. Then they'll go to us. Yeah, they'll just preempt the Braves and they'll immediately go to us. That's not actually going to happen that way. Good. I'm glad. But we can tell people Why that. am I doing this? I hate you right now. I know. So We've done a thousand shows together and my glands are out of control right now, dude. This is how important this is to you. <sighs> You're not dipping. No, you gave me a hard time when <laughs> I we didn't give you in. You looked weird. First off, anybody who taps our app and then goes and says, like, oh, look, I can get a video feed. All they see is you with this thing in your lip. And you trying to do a radio show. Like, what? 101 of radio? Don't try and do a show with something in your mouth. Two things. Number one, I'm not trying to do a radio show. 
This is not supposed to be a radio show. Hoyt is not supposed to be on the air. That's number one. <laughs> number two, it calms my nerves, baby. Otherwise, you get what you get right now. Jittery Hoyt. I don't think people understand. You are the most reluctant <laughs> radio star. And I say this in terms of... I hate you. People kind of like your work. No, they don't. And they find some of the stuff that you dig into interesting. Like, for instance, we've got a couple of really cool Braves topics that we're going to get into. Uh, get a chance to talk a little bit about Home Run Derby in a few minutes. And uh, we used to have an old thing that would happen the night of Home Run Derby that Brandon Joseph reminded me about. And so we'll get into that in a matter of minutes. But, yeah, you are the most reluctant person to ever do a show, even though you've we've been doing shows together in podcast form, across the street, over at Sports and Social. We did a couple shows a couple of weeks ago, and yet you treat this like, oh, my God, I'm dismantling a bomb. Because that's podcast, or that's Saturday at Sports and Social with beers in my hand and everything else. I'm okay on that side. This is live. I increased our dump delay slightly a little more just because I'm very nervous about this show and what what we can say on terrestrial radio. So let's talk about the rules of this show. And first off, let's say some thank yous to all of you out there who supported the podcast. David and Paul Bynum from Hard Ice Vodka Freezies, Jamie Norman from Norman's Electronics, because you then allowed us to get the reps to then be able to do this show. And then the audience started consuming it in a crazy amount to where we would we would be surprised every single week and every single month to see how many downloads and how long people were listening for. Yeah, thanks, guys. We Like our, our listener in Tibet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our listeners in <laughs> Afghanistan. Like there were people that were deployed that would then reach out, oh, yeah, I'm that listener over here. Yes, as they're summoning Everest, Kilimanjaro, which one is it in Tibet? No, they would summit Everest, but they would listen to us to pump them up to be ready to go. Yes, like, they the, knew, like I might be going to my death, but I got to get in a fun bag. The final things they would hear were you and I's voice. And that would give <laughs> them, them the over strength the top. to be like, I'm going to climb that thing and get to the roof of the world. So just take it easy, baby boy. Now, I, let's talk about the rules of this show. Okay. Because this is going to be a little bit different. This is going to be where if I give out the phone number oh, no. to start a show, in radio terms, typically that means I don't have anything to do. Like you when got you hear nothing. Do that, yeah. You didn't prepare anything. 404-231-1680. That's, that's the signal in the opening of a show. Now, <laughs> it's been different. We've done day after shows where we give it and we just say load them up. Yeah, what were you supposed to do the day after the debacle? The the you know, the thing the, the that happened in we February we won't talk in, about in that city of Houston, that toilet. Yeah, we don't really discuss that as much because it's a downer. Uh yeah, you just threw out the phone. <laughs> but there are there are people in this business that routinely go 404-231-1680 because they don't know what direction to go. I'm saying that we're going to allow the audience. If you call, we'll throw you on. We'll talk to you. <laughs> So that means we have nothing set up no, for this we, show. Look, look, I've got an entire show sheet of, of information of what we're going to cover. You have all of your topics that we're going to get into. I'm just re- I'm reinforcing the fact that we are going to be a little bit zany and fun about this stuff while we cover our sports stuff. It's, it's going to sound very similar to our podcast. We just can't curse as much. That's our promise to you, America. This show is going to suck, but you know where the bar is. So basically, that's the extent and Hoyt, of it. If, if and if things, you want to call in, cool. If things get rough, Hoyt might go topless because right now he's sweating. Like, he's all so over the place. Bad. See, I'm fortunate. I, I just got done having to sub in for Matt. So I already had to drive the bus for a little while. So, like, I'm warmed up. You, baby boy, you're just you're coming into the game, like, without really warming up. I don't know what you were doing out there. I am not in a good place right now. Should have gone to the closet. Thank you. I'm just saying. 
might have helped some stuff out. So I'm just letting everybody know that that's the way we're going to do things. Get and, the batter off my brain. Is that what you're telling me? And allow you to be in a better headspace as of now. By the way, 8 o'clock is going to be home run derby. And I know that your, your derby baseball weenie is not going that crazy for this thing. I think I have more of this feeling of what it used to mean to me. And that's that's kind of what I'm missing. That's my point. Like, and I know the Derby is on our airwaves, which, by the way, is there anything better than listening to Home Run Derby on the radio? They do a good job <laughs> with ESPN radio. I will say this. I've listened to it before when I've been coming home because we would have some of these that would broadcast at 730. And so I would listen to the opening round and they have it so well mic'd up that you know the difference between when it's out of there and when it's not. It's like an Acuna bat crack. Right. You, you know, it just sounds different. You turn around in the stadium. I guess to me, I've always been in love with the All-Star game. And maybe it was because I was a child. Maybe it was because baseball was my first love, everything else. To me, the Home Run Derby has always been up there as one of the greatest things I've ever watched. Do you even know who is in the Home Run Derby this year? I know Joey Gallo is, and I know Otani. Otani's in. Everybody knows those two. Other than that, Salvador Perez, a catcher. Oh, yeah. Juan Soto has 11 home runs this year, but he's in it. I... We're just missing the sexy, the Tatis, the Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the Ronald Acuna Juniors. There is no sexy to me right now, and that sucks. I'm not, I'm not excited about this, and it used to be we would watch over and over again in the Home Run Derby. You would see names like McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, Griffey. Granted, they're not in the Hall of Fame because of steroids, but back then we assumed every single one of those Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Matt Olson, and I know he's from Parkview, is that a Hall of Famer? Does that do anything for you? No, I, I want a bunch Trevor of Trevor Paul- Story. Does that do anything for you? I want a bunch of Paul Bunyans. Exactly. And, and that's what it was built on for me as a kid. It was my opportunity to watch Ken Griffey Jr. bash balls, you know, at Camden Yards off, you know, the warehouse. I still remember, like, okay, you mentioned Camden Yards with Griffey. I remember specifically McGuire going over the monster, basically hitting the Sitco sign all the way in left field. I remember Sosa here at Turner Field. It was just a display. He didn't even win that year, I don't think, but it was just one of those things that it always sits with you. And maybe, maybe I'm just too old that I have too many things going on now and I'm not into it as much. But do you even see kids into this anymore? Like you have not daughters, the one running on the field, and no, it, it's not a it's not a go to for my daughters. That's They're, the reason I watch. By the way, is to see these guys launching balls into the outfield with children out there, just in case something happens. I still remember Josh Hamilton, decade ago at Yankee Stadium, and he went on that crazy run where he just could not stop hitting homers. And Josh Hamilton was a a one one, like he was a freak athlete uh-huh. until his body fell apart from all the the hardcore drug use, as you. Touch your nose like I suddenly <laughs> forgot that Josh Hamilton cocaine. wanted to take all the cocaine. <laughs> like, you, that man couldn't travel around with cash. Yeah, he had like, to have a babysitter. Yes, they would give him a babysitter and not let him have cash because he would admit to it. If you leave me alone, this is what I'm going to do. Like He had sex with a woman in a Dallas restaurant because I think at the time Ian Kinsler left him alone. Like, they, they, have, they finished having dinner, and he was like, all right, man, you heading home? Yeah, I'm heading home. All right. And as Kinsler got in his car, he then was like, bar, and ran to the bar. See, that's not baseball stuff. That's rock star stuff right there. But instead, we're going to have Trey Mancini. Right. It was a great story. A great story. Got, coming up back from cancer. He's got 16 home runs. What are we going to watch tonight? A bunch of 350-foot shots that go down the left field line. I'm just, I'm not excited. This reminds me of, it reminds me of the slam dunk contest. Does that still have the the luster on it that it used to have no, with Dominique it, and Jordan and Drexler and everything's, Vince. everything's been done and, and the home run it's not that 
you haven't seen guys already bash homers. Like, that's not original. No, I want the monster one. But I want the monster guys where every single person in there, you're going, I got to see this guy take BP. Because there's people in Major League Baseball where their BP is a show. It's a show. So the guy over your shoulder right now. Fernando Tatis Jr. Okay. Why am I not? Why I want to he... see the stars tonight. I remember specifically rolling into Turner Field, Giants fan, and Tiyoshi Shinjo was a Mets outfielder and a Giants outfielder. And that guy, it was the greatest display of home runs I've ever seen. Every single one was a wall scraper, and he hit like 14 in a row. I don't want that in my home run derby right now. I want excitement. I want 500-foot bombs. Well, that was the thing about when, and shout out to Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, he decided not to go. And he's going to actually stay home, get the rest he needs, and then have his ACL uh, surgery. His display of what he was doing was spectacular in a different way because he just kept mashing them out to Uh left center with, I mean, gigantic shots to left center. And You're right. It was something that was majestic to watch. And I just went, okay, this is worth my time. I just need to see something tonight that's worth my time. And that's, I don't even care who wins. Like, do you even remember who won last year? Uh... Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. See how forgettable that is? But you can go all the way back to the 90s and the 2000s. It was Alonzo and whoever his opponent was were each like somewhere near like 40 homers. Throughout the entire span of things, yes. I mean, it just kept over and over and over and over. But that's not the memorable part. It was Acuna putting on these just moonshots, and that's what I want to see. So we'll see how that plays out with the home run derby. Oh, no, the the boss man has stopped by. He's looking through the the glass. Yeah, of course, because I just. I think he wants to see your pit sweat because it is really extensive. Good day to wear red. I should have lowered the temperature in this room a little bit just to kind of help you out. Because anybody who's watching on on our video is going to see, like, you rolled up the sleeves. Yeah, because it's pitting out, dude. I've got some deodorant in my bag. Will that help? Nope, you're going to suffer this. You're the one that made me do this show, so you're going to suffer with the smell and the sweat. By the way, Brandon Joseph, our friend who was on earlier with, with Buck, brought up a really interesting point that I totally forgot about, and I think this ends up being the best memory of Home Run Derby. So if you take a look at your schedule as of right now, 7-12, typically the Tuesday after Home Run Derby, NCAA football would drop every single year. So we would always go into watching Home Run Derby. And I remember several times then running out to midnight sales. Did you go to Walmart? Where'd you go? GameStop? Yeah, Walmart. Whoever had it, I would run out there always on the Tuesday. In this case, it would be 7-13 and would go buy NCAA football to start playing it. Is it next year's All-Star game we finally get it back then? It might be two years, but at Ugh. least everything with, with name, image, and likeness is moving in the direction where there are clear rules to where EA can do this thing again and we can play it again. Is that bad how selfish of a human being I am that the only reason I'm okay with the NIL is because I just want my NCAA back? No, it's an added bonus. No, it's the only bonus. Well, in your case, it's the only <laughs> bonus. I'm Again, I'm rooting for all sorts of mayhem with this thing. But Why? If I, it's my game. Don't mess up my game. But if I get this thing back, my favorite game, one of my favorite I only play like three games a year. I play typically Madden, NCAA, and MLB The Show. And one of them I didn't play at all because it was gone. And Madden this year was completely unplayable because of the animation. So I've only been basically playing the show. What is the meme with your purple shack guy, Thanos? Yes. They, what did it? We got NCAA back. What did it cost? Everything. Everything. That's what it's going to cost with the NIL. But you know what? You get it back at least. All right, coming up next, the best news for Braves country is here. If and only if you're willing to listen. That's coming up next on the audio fun bag right here on The Fan. (laughs) 
Audio Fun Bag with Lois and Hoyt. Doing our thing until 8 o'clock. We'll turn it over to ESPN Radio for the Home Run Derby competition. And I think we've gotten down to what is really going on here, by the way, in about 10 minutes. It happened to Nick and Chris. It's happened to Chernoff. Now, Hoyt is saying it's happened to me. You're going bald? No, that is not the case. If you did go bald... Would I go up front first? Yeah. I don't know. My dad, like, still has... And my, my grandfather and everybody else... They always had their hair, but then they would start getting the power alleys. But it wouldn't happen until, like, in their 50s. So I think that's kind of how it'll go. But I think it's your mother's father. And that's the same case then. Okay. Yeah. At what point do you start shaving it? Like, you knew Nick and Chris before when they had hair. At what point did Domino just give up? I really didn't. uh, Chris has never had hair. Oh. Since I've known him. He's always had the same look, goatee, and that's been his look. And it's always been black the entire time you've known him, too. Nick, I've never known with hair, ever. And I've seen pictures of Nick with hair, but I've never worked with a Nick Cellini who had hair. Because I think I could do a comb over and still rock that. The moment it started going from the front back, I think you just got to get rid of it I think you got to go. But everyone's made that, whether it's Michael Jordan, whoever else made it okay for dudes to go with that look, it's it's fine. You go with that look. You're thinning. You're not balding. Probably, yeah. Well, that's going to happen. (laughs) That's part of how it's going to go for me. I'm like, that's what will happen. And when it does, then I'll be like, all right. When it looks ridiculous, then... I'll shave it off. It's like our friend Barrett Salee, as we now like more name drop on the audio fun. Are bag. you about to talk about Barrett's hair? Barrett has said it for years. He wants to shave it. His wife won't allow him. Oh, she needs he something wants, to grab onto. He, I guess so. He wants to do it. He's always <laughs> talked about it. He's like, because people think that they can get under Barrett's skin. Because, of course, he says something about their college football team, and so then he has to basically fire back with whatever. You're losing hair. He's like, yeah, and I want to get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it doesn't hurt that man's feelings. He's like, no, this is what I want. This is how it's going to be. Take that, Dan Wolken. I want to bring this up with you real quick because I think we've come to find out what is exactly going on around here. So Hoyt right now is going through a situation. Metapod. It's almost like that. It's almost like your armpits decided to, like, vomit through your shirt. I know. (laughs) Like it's like they're growing, but now it's, it's not. Like, it's like continental drift. Like it's getting closer <laughs> to your nipple than you know. But now, but now we've realized it's not me. It's not a me problem because I don't sweat normally. So our amigo Chuck Oliver, who already makes us, you see how our TVs are on in here for every Chuck and Turn Off show. The TVs are all off because it'll distract Chuck. He'll start looking at the TVs, and he's like a he's like a moth to a flame. Like he can't stop looking at them. So he now makes us turn everything off anywhere around him. He's also now, unbeknownst to me until recently, <laughs> now that it's been happening, he's also been turning off the AC in here. Yeah, it just got up to 76 within about 15 minutes in here. No, but he did it to start Chuck and Churn off. It just it didn't get that hot until we got into the 5 and 6 o'clock hour. And we got huge windows, that we, so it, it, it's warm. And so you showed up in here, and it was like a little sauna. Like, I was even feeling a little bit warm. You've got just a giant pit sweat going, and now I get why, because there was no AC in here. You know, it'd be cool if we'd never brought this up, because we're on radio, and people wouldn't know about my pit stains. Thanks, Los. I really appreciate that, and I apologize for it as well. Uh, So the Braves' realization that we can now all have that makes life a lot easier. The season is over, and that sucks to say, and that comes on the heels of Ronald Acuna tearing his ACL, which, by the way, what were those things on the fence at Marlins Park? Were those Cinnamon Toast Crunch characters? I was trying to figure that out. I'm not really sure. Yeah, then I'm not buying Cinnamon Toast Crunch anymore because those things annoyed me every time I watched the replay. And it sucks to say that, and 
we are the flagship and everything else. I told Domino, you got to say it, though. It's, it's okay to say it. We're in a safe space. It sucks. We're in the tree of trust. Yes. The season is over. I can baby bird you from here. But that's, I shouldn't say it's not a terrible thing. It's not a terrible thing overall in the grand scheme of things. And the reason I say that was because last week we were talking about, do we trade Freddie Freeman? No. Maybe we should trade for Craig Kimball. Craig Kimbrell and Chris Bryant. Or Chris Bryant. And we can get that turned around and we can automatically, okay, we'll win the division and then let's see what happens. This team couldn't figure up if they were figure out if they were buyers or sellers coming up at this deadline. You're now officially sellers. And that's that's okay. That's a good place to be. It's a much better place to know what you are than go in with question marks. I think the rough part is the next 17 days. I brought this up on Chuck and Chernoff, and I'll bring it up here because I think it's that important. The next 17 days and the next 15 games are everything because that leads into the July 30th trade deadline. Your final game that you'll play that really has a huge impact on your schedule up until that point is July 29th, a 12-10 start against the Mets at City Field. But let me ask you a question. You said 15 game, 17 games in 15 days. Let's say somehow the Braves went 15-2. and two. Is this still a team that's going to— 13-2. 13. Yeah, 15 games. Okay, not 13-2. and two. Is this still? I thought they had Basic a double header. I thought they had a double header. Is this a team that's going to get out of the first round of the playoffs? You tell me. Is this a team I, that can beat the Dodgers or any of the teams out in the West? The way it was constructed without Ronald Acuna. I think that if you're being optimistic, and I'm with you because I, I let this flow over me on Saturday when when Acuna went down, I said, "All right, the goals for your season." are going out the window. Which, by the way, you said optimistic. Is my GM, is Alex Anthopoulos supposed to be optimistic or realistic? Realistic. Okay. Every single time. What I would say is that you do have guys that if you happen to bail water, like let's say over this 15-game span, I fully expect them to go 7-8 and eight or 8-7. Eight and seven. That's just what this season has been. Okay, we're plugging along exactly where we were. If you go 10-5, and five, and again, out of nowhere, just the run you went on, now suddenly you have to consider, all right, my guys are that I'm getting back. I'm getting back my catcher. I'm getting back a Noah. Can I then go on a little bit of a run to where I give myself a chance? And I, I liken it to the 2011 Cardinals that got on a run. And again, they beat my Texas Ranger team and they weren't the best team in baseball, but they got on a run and that's what they did. I agree with you in baseball specifically. The best team does not always end up holding up the trophy at the end of it in baseball. In most sports, they do. In baseball, it doesn't happen. To me, you are sellers at this point, and you know that, and that's not a bad thing. You can trade the MVP and get something in return for it. You can trade Charlie Morton, who is an all-star and who's 8-3, and three, and get something for it. Even Will Smith, you can trade him and get something for it to build for next year. Instead of being what you thought was a buyer, which is optimistic, and to me it's false hope, you can trade some of these things you have on this team and build for next year. I would look into, like now let's say the opposite scenario. They go 5-10. and 10. Okay. All right, at that point, you're in a really bad way. You're not out of it, but at the deadline, you haven't gained enough momentum and played with enough momentum to really make something happen. You just haven't. And so for me, outside of Freddie Freeman, because I think I can get him into another contract, and that's what I want, I don't think you can move him. Not that you can't, but I just don't think as an organization you, you would have so much egg on your face. You would look so incredibly bad. But you've done it with you've seen it with Chapman. Chapman was traded away and then immediately came back to the team he was originally with. So you can do things like that. You can do that with Freddie as well. I guess to me, the worst place to be. I'm going to take it back to a Hawks team. How about this? The Hawks. Do you remember when they would be the fifth seed, the sixth seed, the seventh seed, the fourth seed? 
you knew they weren't going to do anything else. And it's a terrible place to be that limbo of we're not going to get out of the first round. So what are we doing right now? Do you remember back in 2007? The Braves were in limbo. They didn't know what they were. They had the young baby Braves and everything else. Who'd they trade for that year? They went for Teixeira. And what'd they give up, by the way, in that, to your Rangers? Three All-Stars. Three All-Stars. By the way, they finished third in the division that year. It's okay to know what you are. But I think I think this is a lot about the circumstance. The circumstance is what's created this. This is not, you didn't build this team and then it didn't work out. No, it's, it's just one of those years, dude. Yeah. And so for me, if they have that struggle, that five and ten, I am going to say, all right, Charlie, where do you want to play? Like, we've got options here. Here's this sort of stuff. If Drew Smiley wants to move on, that's who I'm moving on from. That's what I'm looking to do. I just know that I'll be just as excited about Braves baseball next year because I'll have this healthy roster, and here are the guys I'm going to have. But I, I'm not in a rebuild. I'm in a, I'm in a man, that was crappy. All right, the assets that we don't get to control beyond this year, let's move those assets. Correct, but in this year, build the farm system for next year by trading some guys away. Or you know what? Get a guy with some club options one or two years, and then you've got it next year. I, my team, obviously, is the Giants. I go back to that year. They won the World Series in 2010. In 2011, they were like, let's make another run at it. Buster Posey goes down early in the season. They trade for Beltran. They finish third, and they gave away their top prospect because they thought they were buyers, and you're not. Are you all right? Are you cool if I do this? What are you going to do? Turn up the heat? 404. Oh, no. 231. 1680. Are we out of topics? Let's go on out to the phones. Let's talk to Chris. Chris, you're up first on the audio fun bag. How you doing, Chris? Hey, guys. I'm a big fan. Uh, Twitter follower, Chris Brown. Um, I, I hope the Braves do this. Do you remember the second half of the 2017 series or uh, year um, where we were we stunk in the first half and then the young guys kind of brought got got up there and started playing great. And we had kind of had a not a run, but it was it was an entertaining ball club. That's what they need to do this year. They just need to take, you know, take their medicine. You know, our, our studs gone. Um, we lost our third and fourth hitters. Um, you know, take take a hit and that that just go from there. Also, Hoyt, that was worse cinnamon toast crunch characters. Oh, my see, I'm not buying it cereal. It was just bothering Hoyt. Chris, <laughs> do appreciate the call, man, uh, and and obviously your support and everything else. Um, I. I I'm just reluctant to turn this into what I think some people do at times. I, I'm not saying you didn't build a competitive for a championship ball club. You it, built a good team. You know what? It wasn't your fault that Soroka decided to pop it again. It right. wasn't your fault what Ozuna did. It wasn't your fault that Acuna did what he did. Circumstances created this situation. You did not design a team to have Almonte playing left field or Arcia playing right field. That was not by your design. This is an injury thing. And so that's where I'm not willing to go down the road of saying, gut it all, trade this, whatever. If you've got guys that are not assets for you next year, then move it. But Will Smith, he's part of my future. He's part of what I want to have on the field. I gave him a four-year deal for a reason. He's converted all but one of his saves. It's There's just a lot of this stuff of, Move this guy, move this guy, move this guy. You're not in that position. This is not a rebuild situation. I just You're want to, I just want to see you move on from guys with expiring contracts. All right, so Hoyt warned me yes, about this. Yes, and let's just say that I think he's half right and half wrong. What did you warn me about? You got sucked. I told you, you get the McGregor fight. Dustin Poirier? Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier McGregor. You're going to be let down. And this has happened to Cellini. This has happened to Domino. This has happened to Chernoff, who were three very big boxing guys. And I equate what they went through and enjoyed in boxing 
is now become your kind of thing in UFC. I would equate that kind of passion and excitement for fight night to what they feel. It's just that boxing's a dead sport. Like, it is. Boxing, I agree with boxing you. Boxing now is a sport of of watching gimmick fights. I agree with you. Like, that's what that is. And they're trying to sell fights, and they're trying to hype them up, but you know what? They just don't live up to what they were. Let me tell you what I got out of Saturday night, okay? First off, the Sean O'Malley fight to start. I'm going to give you my password. Like, you're going to watch this fight. For anybody who did order UFC 264, I was not bummed out by it. Because first off, there's a guy named Chris Mutino, and you'll notice he's got really crazy green hair. And Chris Mutino was offered the fight 11 days before. Somebody backed out fighting O'Malley. O'Malley is a, is a killer, and he decided, I'm going to do it. Hoyt, he spent the entire fight trying to cut off Sean O'Malley, and it was like a real-life Rocky movie with a real-life Rocky. Just using his face? Just using his face <laughs> as a battering ram. It was incredible, and the more... That O'Malley and O'Malley set a record. He eighty percent of his of his strikes landed, and yet he kept backing up and punching this dude in the face over and over and over. The dude just kept coming. But what you're doing is right now you're giving me the undercard. You pay for the main event. You no, pay for McGregor, and, and you're and, talking about the undercard. Like if I was let down by Tyson versus Lennox Lewis or Tyson versus Holyfield, don't tell me about. Well, the undercard was really really good. Well, no, I really remember, enjoyed there, it. There's the early prelims, then there's the prelims. Those are the undercards. The main event card was the 10 o'clock, and those were the fights. So, for instance, watching Gilbert Burns do what Gilbert Burns does was cool. Greg Hardy getting knocked out in the opening minute. I, I was trying to explain to everybody. I'm like, heavyweights, it only takes one punch. It was fun to watch. Well, Every- it was fun to watch Greg Hardy get knocked down. How about that? I was like, whoa, he really ate that thing. Um, but, no, I, I think with the McGregor fight and the Poirier fight, all you're looking for right now, you got to see the showman Versus the real fighter, and the real fighter did his real fighter stuff. And that's the joke of it to me. We all remember, you remember when Tyson came out of jail, and everybody's like, he's going to be the same guy. He's gonna... It's like Peter O'Malley was like his first fight. And he yeah. knocked him out in the first round, and everybody's back. Was there a Pizza Hut commercial based on that? Yes. O'Malley got knocked out by a pizza. He never was the same guy. To me, that's McGregor now. McGregor is a showman, and that's it. He can talk a good game. He can get people to buy the fights. But the last two have been disappointing, Lowe's. Yeah, he's, well, he's fighting, honestly, a better fighter at this point. The, the, the height for UFC guys, typically you're going to be in your prime at, at about 32, 33 years old, and you're going to have a small run there, and, and you use your 20s to kind of build up the opportunity to start getting those bigger fights. He was at his prime at 26, 27. And so that, that's where now you get fed, you make $180 million last year, and suddenly – you're not exactly fighting as much or as often as you used to. And now when you fight good fighters, they're doing good fighter things to you. Yeah, you're Ronda Rousey now, basically. You've lost your last two fights, and you're going to end up in WWE, and you're not, you're not the fighter anymore. So stop, stop falling for the showman act and instead fall for the fighters act. That's the enjoyable part. But see, this is where you miss the point here. Who's your one fighter? Israeli Aza... Aza... What do you mean, Adesanya? Adesanya, Okay, yes. yeah, Adesanya's fun to watch. And and you and I watched him take a beating from a bigger man when he was trying to be a champ champ. A much bigger man. A champ champ, for those that don't know, is, is guys that hold belts in two different weight classes. Two time, two time. So basically they're able to say, yeah, I'm the lightweight and I'm the, you know, and they're able to claim two different belts. And that's a fighter, that's not a showman, and that, well, was, an, that was an awesome match. But the problem that I, I keep going back to is that Conor McGregor actually became a champ champ 
at a time when the sport was growing and, and very legitimate fighters and everything else. So he got to that point. Now he's become this showman. Like, he did the work in order to now get this. It wasn't like he wasn't great before. No, I agree he was a great but fighter But now people, want, people are enjoying the villain aspect of watch him get beat down at the end. That's, he, that's what people are enjoying. He couldn't move. His ankle is broken. He's lying on a fence, and he's still talking he's still, trash. He's still talking. He told... He told Dustin's wife, I'll see you at the after party. You're all up in my DMs. I would have gone and hit the guy again while he was down at that point. And I, again, I'm going to have to give you my passcode because. Just give it to the entire audience. Just say it right now. Because Poirier, as he's doing the post-fight talk, like he's on the mic in the middle of the arena in Las Vegas, and he is just laying it on the dude who's down on the <laughs> mat, telling about how he's a dirtbag and I'm done with him and he talks all this S and he's full of S and he's just crapping all over a guy who has a pretty significant injury down on the floor. Like his leg is not pointed exactly correctly. He started following Dustin's wife on Twitter just to go and get at him. And then he talked about his wife afterwards. He's a, he's, he was a great fighter. He's not anymore. He's a showman. And I tuned in to watch the showman get beat down. You got sucked. No, it's I, okay. I got what I wanted. You I saw sucked. him. All right, let's get to church camp. Gather round the fire and loosen your belt. I feel like I want to throw up. Then my work is done. It's time for church camp. So the idea for church camp is you sit around the fire. And if you ever remember going to church camp as a kid. Kumbaya, my lord. But a lot of it was you would have like your church part of it. And then as all the kids got away from that stuff, you would have the craziest conversations that were not churchy at all. Yeah, I became a man at church camp. It did happen. You're one guy who had a sexual experience (laughs) at church camp. Of course, Brian Hoyt would have the sexual experience at church camp. It's okay. Like, they talk about it in the Bible. So I want to bring this to your attention and see if you can help me. Where did this spin off from, by the way? Was this from the Campfire Chuck? Where did this idea for church camp come from? A little bit, and then also the idea that you told me about your sexual experience at church camp, and then I realized every church camp I ever attended as a kid were all about, like, the fakest thing possible. It's like young life. Like, you spend the first three hours talking about, oh, service to the community and this and this and being this kind of person, and then you, like partied hard like as hard as you possibly could yeah, you go hard on saturday and then you go to church on sunday well so that was the idea for your for tone camp. is very negative right now no i'm not being negative about church camp i'm just saying that church camp was the place where you would have conversations that were a little bit more out there and so i'm going to ask you about this and see if you can get out there with me i need your advice okay so for the first time in a year and a half the wife left town oh no you're getting divorced no okay so she finally had a show because everything, she works in the trade show industry, and so there was nothing for the longest amount of time. So this is her first show now that she had to travel to. Do you remember how to handle the kids on your own? Okay, there's things that happened during the panty <laughs> that people kind of forgot how to do. Like, I will say that during the panty, um, there's a lot of people that forgot how to drive. My like, wife forgot how to drive. <laughs> like, people forgot how to drive. People were like, oh, my God, like, what is this? They didn't know how to signal. Like, I, trust me, people, I drove on 285 for the better part of several months with a lot of you people, you forgot how to drive. All right? So that's number one. I kind of forgot how to do the whole take the kids care thing without having the wife around because she's been at home for a year and a half. That never happens. She has only gone into the office because they've had limited time in their office. Now the office is under construction. She's been to the office like three times in a year, in a year and a half. 
So I'm I'm the one who's been like, I've been kind of sitting back living your life, like kind of like a made man here. And now and now, you know, I called home and I'm like, because my mom came in town and I'm like, hey, do you need me to pick them up anything or do I need to get them up or I do I don't. You had to call the reinforcement. Yeah, I don't know like what that. I don't know really what to do. And so there's that. That's one aspect of this. Then my wife has gotten into this big kick now. I think she's getting kind of itchy for a new home. I thought you were going to say baby. No. I was like, that's not possible. That's not possible. <laughs> Daddy's been fixed. We're okay there. That's not happening. She's kind of gotten to this thing about wanting to find a house with a pool. Oh, no. And that sounds horrible to me. And she's been she's done the, well, we'll have somebody else who will take care of it. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. And so I need your advice on how to head this off at the pass, not only with the kid thing, because you took some time away from the station to bake and to train kids and to you know, take them to Taekwondo and all that sort of stuff. I need to know how to do that again. And I need to know how to deflect from the whole pool conversation. All right. Here's how you handle your kids. This is what I've learned. Get them iPads. Good call. Tech always works. Always. Every single day. Like right now they're not in school. So there's no homework you got to handle. They're probably going to camp. So all you got to do is pick them up and drop them off, feed them, water them. And I think you're good. We've had swim camp, cooking camp, volleyball camp, I need iPad camp. Basically, if I've learned anything, I've never judged those parents once, and I'll never judge them in the history of my life because there's something about handing your child an iPad that it's just, thank you. I get a little daddy time. It's at the restaurants. For any of the parents out there, I would never. Okay, go to a restaurant. See how long that lasts. I'm not a proponent of, oh, I judge you because you let your kids have technology. No, I think it's great. By all means, do it. So that's one. How do I get her out of this whole pool thing? Because I don't want to take care of a pool, and I don't want the liability of what it's like when you probably had, I don't know if you had friends with a pool. I mean, you lived in a car. Um, I still had rich friends just because I was going through a rough time. Doesn't mean I didn't have rich friends. Did any of them ever have a pool where y'all showed up at and y'all did the thing at a pool? Okay, that kind of concerns me a little bit. I don't want to be that parent who has to worry about who do they bring over to, to, you know, goof around in the pool with. Here's what my suggestion for you would be then. You need to have some sort of life-altering situation where you spend a ton of money that you can't afford a house right now. Cancer. On the fan? Is that? Yeah, I wasn't suggesting. I wasn't suggesting that at all. Um, okay. I was gonna say was... more like tear a knee ligament. I did oh. that one time, and that cost a lot of money. Things like that, where. Honey, we're not financially in a good place right now. We probably shouldn't buy a home because that'll buy you a good two years. Okay. Surgeries, things Surgeries like that. Surgeries, things like that. You can finally get your shoulder, shoulder fixed. Yes, the shoulder. Because I have not been able to get my shoulder fixed for the better part of a decade because we were going to have our first little one. And my wife says, I can't be the one parent in the house with two arms and there's three arms total. We, we need to both be healthy enough for this. But so, I'm kind of on her side. I'd like you to get a pool so we can go hang out at your place. So you can come hang out and do the thing over at our pool. You've got a know. beach house. We go hang out at your beach house. Now I want to hang out at your pool. So, very Lear, good. you want to go to the pool? I would love to. There you go. I just invited Lear. I'm going to treat you like Chernoff. I'm going to start inviting people to parties at your house that I'm throwing. See, what the audience doesn't understand, <laughs> he's the wealthy one, okay? He's the one. He's the one that takes the extravagant trips and has all the crazy money. It's not me. I'm, I'm just a common man. I'm your common soldier around here. But when you spend all the money on your house, like we spend a ton on the backyard, and then we build the deck and everything else, then you become house po, and you can't move out of the house. That's what you need to do. All right, coming up next, this is what happens when you let a network create their own silly stats. 
and they now have to apologize to all of major college football. That's coming up next right here on the Audio Fun Bag on The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Traffic. Well, it's just Atlanta, and there's nothing more Atlanta than a Mercedes-Benz from RBM. This is RBM of Atlanta Traffic on The Fan. This report is sponsored by the Georgia Division of Aging Services. Things have cleared up nicely outside the perimeter this afternoon. Still seeing some lingering delays on 85 northbound up until Jimmy Carter Boulevard. Some moderate delays, but after that, smooth sailing. Smooth sailing on 475 northbound and 575 as well. Georgia Cares can help Medicare beneficiaries lower out-of-cost pockets. Georgia Cares can help Medicare beneficiaries lower out-of-pocket costs. Contact a certified Medicare counselor for assistance at 1-866-552-4464 and press option 4. That's 1-866-552-4464. I'm Cairo, 680 The Fan, RBM of Atlanta Traffic. I see you calling. It's a fun bag with Lois and Hoyt doing our thing until 8 o'clock this evening. Thank you for all of y'all checking us out. We're going to be doing this the remainder of the week until Friday. The Braves will be back in action. Oh, thank God. And then we'll have some sporadic shows as the new lineup change will happen here with the fan. If you haven't heard, you're now going to have the locker room in the morning. There's a sorted amount of dudes. It'll all be, it's going to be like an NFL Sunday NFL show. Sounds so hot and a sorted amount of dudes. Because you have home team in <laughs> Hamilton. Yes. They're the start of the Brodeo. Uh, and then you have John Michaels and Finneran and Hudson Mason. So they'll all be taken there. Okay, you got this segment. You got that segment. They'll follow up with Buck Show. Buck will be doing one hour from eleven or from 10 to 11. Go back to the locker room. So I'm just yes. trying to picture those five running around at 6 o'clock in the morning. Just trying pop, to figure it out. Popping each other with towels. Ooh, you got me. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah, just like, yeah, that would be really fun to see them all. And, and it's all on camera. That's how they get ready in the morning, though, because 6 o'clock comes early. So, you know, 545 just to get each other going. Finn's popping Joe what, Ham with a towel. What was Hudson's pump-up song? Oh, I love rock and roll. I love rock and roll. So Hudson's going to be rocking that in the parking lot at 550. I love rock and roll. And he's like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk sports now. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, then it'll follow that up with Buck. And Buck will do 10 to 11, which I'm fascinated with how that's going to play out because Adam Gillespie, the road dog, is going to be handling that show. I think that's also when Sean Nurney jumps in there. He'll be on the board. So then he takes that all the way through Nick and Chris. That goes 11 to 2. Then you and I now have our schedule change. We'll be moving with Chuck and Chernoff to two, to two to six. Then we will take over our show six to eight when the Braves are not playing. So we, we've kind of got the, the best end of this. Do we? We're doing two shows now. Awesome. <laughs> but we're also spending a portion of the year where we go, oh, Braves game, don't have to work today. Yay! That's kind of cool. And also, technically, does that make us tier one employees? Oh, I don't know. I'll never consider myself that. But that's immediately when Raj, Ronald Acuna, went down. You thought, you thought this thought would was like, a lot more if oh, I wasn't tier one? Maybe. I thought we had a chance to go deep in the playoffs and I get to do less shows with Los. This will be so exciting. And then that happened. Now then, that is going. More by, shows. Yay. By the way, thank you to uh, our friend, Fat Casey, FC Casey Smallwood. My friend. He's checking out the show. He's doing that. Todd. Chris Brown, who was our first caller. CB. So, yeah. We got uh, we got some people that have come along for this maiden voyage of what we're doing, and your pit sweat. Um, let me bring this story up with you, because I find it to be the kind of thing that would make you insane. Because you're very big on, I would say, the analytics of how college football teams are measured. Like you look at strength of schedule, 
strength of record, all that stuff that matters in terms of of where you are valued in terms of the playoff system. Because I didn't I didn't play football, and so people like you or Chuck or Finnerin, when you guys watch games and watch film and everything else, my brain doesn't work that way. So what do I do? I dive into the numbers. I get nerdy with them. I love them when it comes to college football. I think you secretly enjoyed watching the Notre Dame game with me over in the press box when we were in South Bend when I was pointing stuff out to you, and you were like, you're right. They can't score on them. They're they're getting all gimmicky. They can't score. Stop telling me what's about to happen, Lois. I'm trying to watch the ball. I'm. I, I learned. I <laughs> you're learned. Like, you're like everybody's sister. Ooh, they hit a touchdown. I learned specifically from Buck from spotting for Buck that Buck doesn't watch the football. No, he doesn't Buck watch the line play. You guys that are smart with football, you don't <laughs> actually watch. There's a run play. How did he know that? Oh, because the offensive linemen are blocking down. Oh, that makes sense now. So ESPN has their football power index, and every single year they calculate this out, and it's a model is what they're basically doing. Now, they don't release this. This is proprietary information, but they then use it as part of their, this team has this chance, this team is this good, Here's what we think about this group. And Georgia had 25% chance to make the playoffs? Yes, and, and Georgia overwhelmingly. They're, they're ranked fifth overall in the model. Okay. Okay? The problem that happened is when the model came out and everyone got a chance to look at it, everyone went, hold on, you've got Mississippi State as a top 10 team in terms of who they are, who they're going to play. This doesn't make a lot of sense. You had Miami that was poorly ranked. Washington that was poorly ranked. Turns out they didn't have their model correct. They didn't have their <laughs> stats right. So, for instance, Mississippi State, when they remodeled to actually get their numbers correct of whatever they're doing behind the scenes. Went from 10th to? 24th. Yeah, that makes more sense. That's where they were at. Miami moved from 20th to 10th. Oklahoma State, 9 to 19th. Washington, 59th to 25th. Are we just talking about like a decimal point they put in the wrong place? I have no idea because it didn't affect the top. It didn't affect the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Oklahomas. Well, okay, I could be blind and throw darts at a board and tell you where those four were going to end up. I agree. But the problem is, is that this data ends up being a part of what they use to build values into teams of saying, well, look, look what we have in their FPI. And every single time when you're watching a football game and the season keeps going, they will always be like, and ESPN's FPI gives them this kind of opportunity and they're ranked this, and, and that's supposed to matter. But you messed it up. Okay, now you fixed it, but does that not give you just horrible confidence in that this thing is actually being taken care of the way it needs to be taken care of? Isn't that now why we have fact checkers everywhere that basically go through and no, that's actually incorrect. CNN says. Somebody basically CNN looked at the numbers. This. And, and every the fun part was you had the Mississippi State people that were like, yeah. Really? No, they were like, Hey, really? <laughs> like, I think you might got a problem here. Are you sure you want to check your data? No, we're going to the playoffs. We're number ten. If we can just get a couple teams out, we're number ten right now. So our FPA FPI rank is tenth. But I mean, did you watch us last year? <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what they were doing. So I'm glad that it's been fixed. I know that ESPN with their again their statistics, their models that they use, they, and- they have influence, and so. To have it be this wrong, I'm glad at least it got fixed to be right. Everything is basically an algorithm now. You realize that, right? Like, everything in our lives is an algorithm. When you go on Twitter, there's a reason certain things come up. When you go into the FBI, and if that little decimal point is off, we were going to have a worldwide pandemic in 2000 because we were going to somehow not flip over to the next side. So 
I'm not as concerned with this FBI. It happens all the time. There's a reason why the hub gives you certain kind of videos. The hub, like the Hubble telescope? What are you talking about? That website you like going to. Yeah, it knows what you're into. When you go to YouTube, it knows what you like. You're right. Your predictive information is is what happens there. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) this was the show that was ahead of the curve on everything over the last year and a half, right? I mean, we told everybody what was coming on the podcast. If you were listening to the podcast, you would have known about hey, there's this virus over in China. We were screwing around one day and just reading the news about some weird virus in China. I isolated that story to tell you, hey, man, you might want to take a look at this data. This doesn't look great. And that predictive text, the audio fun bag. We are your service to society during the panty. You're welcome. All right, coming up next. This is the soft opening of the audio fun bag. And Hoyt is warning me not to fall into this radio trap. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team, build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.